0: Welcome to Cars Yeah! Show number 1031. Today on Cars Yeah! we're celebrating the Friends of Steve McQueen car show that takes place on June 2nd on the Boys Republic campus in Chino Hills, California.
1: Check the oil the water and the air and the tires before you get on the road.
0: Hey, Ron, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride?
1: I'm ready for a fast turn around the corner.
0: Here we go. Ron Harris is the co-chairman, along with Chad McQueen, of the Friends of Steve McQueen Car and Motorcycle Show, a position he's held since the show's inception in 2007. The show benefits the Boys Republic in Chino Hills, California. He was a vintage racer running with VARA, HSR West, and HMSA, Racing his 1965 Porsche 356 for over 12 years, Ron started his own company, Better Beverages, a fountain beverage supply company to the food services industry, a company he owned and ran from 1969 to 2017. Wow. He's the past president of the International Beverage Dispensing Equipment Association of Southern California, chapter of the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, and the 356 Porsche Club of Southern California. So, Ron, I've told our listeners just a little tiny bit about you. Would you take a brief moment before we jump into the questions and share a little bit more about your career and your passion for automobiles?
1: Well, I grew up in Long Beach, uh, California, and uh, when I was a young kid, my father introduced me to Bill Vukovich, who was a uh, Indy 500 racer. And I thought when I met him, I thought it was really interesting, and it was kind of a fun thing to do to race cars. So I've been following racing for many years. I went to the first Grand Prix down in Long Beach with my kids, followed that for a number of years, and I bought a Porsche in the early 70s. And uh, later, I bought a 356 in 19—I think it was 81— And restored it and drove it for 28 years before I uh, bought an old uh, 57 Porsche and upgraded it to, uh, it's an outlaw. It's quite a unique car, but I love it and uh, drive it uh, considerably. Like I say, I grew up in Long Beach, and and I know the Southern California area very well. Like I say, I've been in business uh, all my life. handling uh, beverage products uh, to bars and restaurants and accounts like McDonald's, In-N-Out Burger and whatnot. But uh, very fortunate to have been successful in that business. And uh, my kids now run the business, and I'm basically retired. And I got involved with the uh, car show. Uh, one of our members suggested that we do a car show when I was president of the 356 Club. And uh, I thought it was a good idea. Took it to the board. We agreed. We decided to do the show. And in that conversation, the member told me that Steve McQueen had been a student there. And I told him that was, uh, that's interesting. I know Chad. And and so I went to Chad and talked to him about getting uh, involved in the show. He said, yes, that would be a great deal. I told him that, you know, if we raise any money, it would go to the Boys Republic. So... He uh, he was Chad was on board immediately, and um, the first year we did the show, uh, we raised fifteen thousand dollars. I thought, man, this is interesting, cool. It's for a good cause. The show has escalated into more than just a show. Last year we raised about three hundred and thirty thousand, and
0: oh my gosh,
1: because of the uh, sale of the Mustang, we'll probably raise well over five hundred thousand this year alone.
0: Oh, my God. That's just absolutely spectacular. And we're going to talk a, yeah, a little more in depth, actually a lot more in depth about the show as we move through the questions here. But first, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote or a mantra, something that has some meaning in your life. And it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars. Yeah. So, Ron, take the wheel.
1: Well, there's a um, comment that I've always thought was very uh, practical, and it was uh a quote is there is nothing permanent except change this quote is uh from a guy named Heraclitus in the year 500 BC whoa <laughs> so it's uh lived the test of time that's for sure and yeah. if you th- if you think about it everything changes uh kind of like we spoke about where we grew up and how the cities changed and all of that And on a more personal level, I've used uh, in my business, uh, and I I deem a worthy quote, is a goal without a plan is just a dream. So planning ahead is very important, but you got to work and and have in your goals, you have to make plans. Yeah, absolutely. I love both of those.
0: They're great quote, great mantras to live by. And and yeah, certainly in any business, if you don't always think about what you need to do and the fact that things could change down the road, it's always those businesses that sit back and post when they hit so-called success that that's the day the business starts declining uh, in value and in growth and everything else. Well, let's go back in time. You shared a little bit of the story of your dad uh, introducing you to a famous race car driver. But I'd love to hear a story about what instigated your passion for cars, that pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were a car guy.
1: That's uh, That's a very good question. I I was probably, like all kids, a teenager, and I was working at a job I got paid a dollar an hour with a good buddy of mine. We were chopping up salads in a place called the Pacific Coast Salad Company. I was thinking I was making a dollar an hour. If I could save some money, and I'm thinking after taxes and the few expenses I had, um, mind you, this is like 1958, I calculated I could save about $0.10 cents an hour.
0: Oh, my goodness. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and that that really rang a bell on my head and said, I got to do something that I can make enough money to earn, uh, earn enough money to buy and do the things I want to in life, and $0.10 cents an hour is not going to do it. So right. I would say that was probably one of the pivotal moments in my life that uh, inspired me to think. Uh, more broadly about what I needed to do and and move forward from there
0: yeah no doubt no doubt it reminds me the days I had a detailing business and I was a kid and I thought man I'm making some great money and then I started thinking about it going well I'm only one guy I can only detail a couple cars a day that's the most I'm ever gonna make this isn't gonna work I want a Porsche so uh, yeah it's a great realization but that gives a lot of perspective to what happens to time and inflation uh, making a buck an hour and thinking, oh, this isn't so bad. And and then realizing, oh, my gosh, things are going to change and a loaf of bread is going to cost more and a glass of beer or whatever it is. So wonderful story. Well, let's take Thank a look you. at some. You're welcome. Let's take a look at some of the many roads you've driven down and talk about a big challenge or a big failure you faced along the way. Being an entrepreneur is fraught with ups and downs, challenges, of course. So tell us about an experience you have and tell us how that experience Taught you a valuable lesson, so you could move forward.
1: Well, another great question, uh, Mark. I um, after I realized a dollar an hour wasn't going to do it, I found a job uh, after graduating from high school with, in the grocery industry, and I endeavored to become a journeyman grocery clerk. And back in 1960, that paid a little over three dollars an hour. But uh, also during that time, I decided I wanted to go and meet my relatives. Uh, my mother was born and raised in london so i saved up the money to to go over to europe in 1963 i went over on the queen elizabeth and when i bought my ticket i bought a round trip ticket to go over in the summer and come back in the winter and it was 431 round trip Ooh, that was a lot of money back then well it basically it was i um to get to New York to catch a ship, I hitchhiked across the United States, taking Route 66. Back in those days, there was a television show called Route 66. Oh, I remember it, and yeah. Do you remember that? And they had yeah, a, they had a, Yeah, and they had a Corvette. You know, it kind of inspired me to take that route and think about that. So I hitchhiked from uh, Anaheim, California to, to New York City. I made it in eighty four and a half hours. Oh my gosh, uh, that's incredible! I, yeah, and I spent less than ten dollars to do it. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're an innovative guy. <laughs> well, I was on a definitely on a, a very conservative budget. To believe me, uh, yeah. <laughs> but but I think the, um, one of the most important things that I learned during that trip, I, I traveled. All over Europe, I went from the northern uh, part of the, uh, Europe and Oslo, from Oslo, Norway all the way down to Tangiers, Morocco. When I went to uh, Berlin, I had an opportunity on a day trip to go over to East Berlin, and I could see the difference between communism and an open democracy and capitalism. It really opened up my eyes because there is no competitiveness in in East Berlin. Uh, you could see the the Drury, uh appearance uh, of life and the faces of the people that lived there. It was very dull. And it was very startling to see the memorials that were along the ground in different places on West Berlin where people had tried to escape East Berlin and had died doing so just to be free. And I don't think most Americans understand the value of freedom and, and our democracy, but it was definitely a turning point in my life to appreciate our constitution and a democracy that we have here in the United States.
0: You know, it's a sobering commentary and story, but uh, I think you know now, obviously, and probably you've known for a long time, the value of that trip was incredible in so many ways. And, you know, you talk about Route 66. I remember that show when I was a kid, I think it was Todd and Buzz jumped in a Corvette and traveled around the country and uh, You know, it's just one of those uh, interesting, fun shows. But it's a nice correlation to what you just talked about, because those are two guys that just traveled around in a Corvette, totally free to do whatever they wanted to do. And uh, many Americans even today don't realize that in communist countries like that, you can't do that. You just you can't do even if you <laughs> you have the money. Sometimes you just can't do it. You're restricted in so many ways. So what a valuable life lesson that was for you. Wow. Very, very, very cool. Well, let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment, a pivot in your career, in your life, something that really had some meaning for you. Tell us about one of yours.
1: At my age, I faced numerous challenges uh, throughout my life, and I've been very fortunate that most of them have all turned out to be good. But back in the 70s, I had an opportunity to buy a, a business associated with mine, but I needed money to make the down payment. And although I'd been in business for myself for a number of years and and managed my father's business before that, banks wouldn't loan me the money. Not an unusual thing, that's for sure. I went to my father and discussed the opportunity was available if if he sold a building he owned and I borrowed enough money to make the down payment, I could pay him twice what he was renting the building for. So he thought it over and agreed and, and loaned me the money. This is one of many challenges i've uh but it was probably the biggest, biggest pivotal moment of of my life at that time. If I'd been unable to secure that financing to buy that business, my life would have definitely been much uh less successful.
0: Obviously, it all turned out well.
1: It turned out great uh you kind of we kind of mentioned about hiring people and all that i When I first started my business, I was a uh, single it was just me and shortly thereafter I was able to expand the business and today um, I've owned a number of businesses within this industry but today we employ 50 people or so and and I at one time or another I've had uh, considerably more than that but uh, we've been able to um uh, change things the way we do things and computers obviously have changed a lot of things so you don't need as many internal people so Life has been very good, and, and the business has been very good to me and my family. Fantastic. Well,
0: what's the biggest takeaway that you could share with somebody? Because that was obviously a calculated risk gamble. Gamble is probably the wrong word because you saw an opportunity there. But boy, to put, your, put yourself on the line and, and ask that of your father, for him to take that, that gamble as well, that risk. What's a takeaway you might share with people that are facing some kind of a similar big decision like that?
1: That reminds me of when I was in junior high school. I was asked to join a club. It was called the Optimist Club. And frankly, I didn't know what the word optimist meant when they asked me that, so I looked it up and obviously found out what it meant. And I've been an optimist all my life, so... When I look at opportunities or problems, I look for solutions and ways to, to solve problems, and I firmly believe there's an answer for everything. I believe that uh, if you put your mind to it, you can come up with good responses and answers to solve those problems.
0: Cool. I remember Optimist Club in high school, yeah. Hey, you brought back a memory there. I don't know if they have those in high schools anymore, but I think maybe they should. Yeah, they're a great organization. Well, let's talk about your first really special car. I know you've had some very cool cars over your lifetime. Is there one that really stands out, the first one you got that had great meaning for you, and maybe share a memory you have about that
1: vehicle? Yeah, I think the the most uh, interesting car I ever owned was a 1947 Ford Coupe. It had a nickname called the Purple People Eater. <laughs> okay.
0: What was that all about?
1: It had a racing stripe on it, and it was purple. So Okay. <laughs> It had a 56-holes engine and a LaSalle transmission, and I thought I had the hottest car in town, tuck-and-roll, upholstery, and chrome everywhere. I took it out to Lions Drag Strip. If you lived in Long Beach, you knew about Lions Drag Strip back in the days, and uh, obviously it's no longer there for the quarter-mile races. Uh, I had it out there one time, but uh, we mostly as kids uh, raced up and down uh, Cherry Avenue, and we had a a quarter-mile strip there and I chose off this other car one time. I think it was a Henry J with a big Chevy engine in it. And the flag drops, and we take off, and I shift into second gear, and bang, there goes the U-joints. I dropped the rear end, and it was all over with. That's a memory I really won't ever forget, and it was a cool car. (laughs) Yeah, it's the purple people eater.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's fun. How about the uh, seller's remorse story that we all have in our lives? At least most people do. Is there one that stands out for you? Is it that car?
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, if if I could find that car and put it back in my garage, uh, that would be great. It uh, definitely brought back, a, would bring back a lot of good memories and and. Uh, If anybody's listening to your show and owns the Purple People Eater, please give us a call.
0: (laughs) Give us a call. You'll find uh, Ron's contact information on his Garcia Show Notes page. So if you are in in control of that Purple People Eater, please reach out. You've got an instant buyer here. Well, tell us a little bit more about this great event coming up, because I've had Chad on the show before. I'm hoping to have him on again here to talk about the event. The Friends of Steve McQueen car show that takes place on June second, this year in twenty eighteen, at the Boys Republic campus in Chino Hills, California. I know this is something you've worked very hard at, very proud of, and the kind of monies that you've raised for this school, and you can share a little bit with our listeners about what the school's all about and why it's so important and the relationship it has to Steve McQueen. So tell us about this event.
1: First of all, Steve was a student there, you've probably already know that, but that was back in the in the forties. He was dropped off there by his mother. Uh, she said, maybe you can do something with him, I can't. And Steve continued to support the school all his life When he be- after he became famous. Like if he was doing a movie, he would tell uh, the people that were supplying, I'll say Levi's or something, he would say, I need 150 pair of Levi's sent to the Boys Republic. This was one of his ways of supporting the school. Most importantly, the school... It's a reform school, and all the kids that are sent there today are sent there by the uh, juvenile detention court system. It's really a school of second chances. Most of these kids have, have done something wrong, but they're deemed not to be uh, lifetime-type criminals. Some of them have been involved in gangs and, and realize they need to get out of those gangs and that sort of stuff. And some other kids, probably their parents may be incarcerated and in they're wards of the court and the court knows that they need this type of discipline. The motto at the school is nothing without labor. So the kids, when they go there, they learn that they have to work. And they have to show up on time and be responsible for themselves. That's that's one of the key things there. They all learn to be self-reliant and responsible for themselves, and and to show up and do a job, whatever that may be. There's a lot of technical type classes there. Opportunities for them. There's a masonry class, a landscaping, a print shop, graphics sh- shop, a wood shop. They make all, in the wood shop they make all of the awards that we give away at the car show. This year we'll have probably close to 80 awards. We don't give trophies, we give awards and and the awards could be for the coolest paint job on on a car. It's not a concourse like Pebble Beach, it's more like what the kids see cuz we use the kids, the boys to help us judging the cars and we we have judges there that are giving the boys uh, some insight what to look for so we involve the boys as much as possible in the show the school houses at maximum 150 boys in any one time six dormitories each dormitory holds 25 boys they're basically there 24 hours a day, and they have people that stay in the dorms, adults that stay in the dorms with them at nighttime to secure them, so there's no uh, problems or what have you. But they're there 24/7, and it's an accredited high school in the, in the uh, Chino Hills Unified School District. So, and the age, age brackets 13 to 18. They have an opportunity to good education. And if they want to go on to college, there's, there's scholarships available. Uh, we provide a scholarship through the car show for an automotive scholarship. And Saritas, uh, Sarita's College, which is nearby, has one of the finest uh, automotive technical classes available to any of the kids. If they go to that school and they graduate from one of those classes, they're guaranteed a job. Nice, nice. Tell us a little bit about the cars you'd expect to see at this show. Oh, it's everything. I was walking my dogs earlier this morning. I saw a guy in a basically a rat job and I, <laughs> I I flagged him down and told him to come to the car show so we we get everything from custom uh cars to myers manx uh cars specialty cars this year the uh steve mcqueen s k s s should be there. We're gonna have one of the new bullet twenty eighteen bullet special edition prototypes at the show. We're trying very hard to get the original bullet car to the show, but we will probably won't know until the last minute if if it'll be there or not. Obviously, we get a lot of Porsches. Uh, we expect to have over 500 cars this year. Um, wow, we've been that's running, incredible! <laughs> yeah, well, probably one of the most incredible things is the dinner that we do the night before the show. In the last four years, uh, we've had over 500 people show up uh, that have bought tickets for the show, Uh, the dinner anyway. We've held it in a gymnasium, and it will only hold 510 people, and it's been sold out this year at the first of March. Uh, we had already sold over 450 tickets. And, and as of now, we've sold over 650 tickets to the dinner. So one of our very gracious uh, sponsors, Peter Dunkel of Dunkel Brothers, offered to either rent or buy a tent to hold a dinner that we should be able to house as many as 800 plus people. Oh, my goodness. is incredible.
0: Now, you also have a very nice selection of motorcycles, right?
1: Yeah, we get uh not only do we get antique motorcycles, we we get a lot of the newer ones. Uh, I think the uh LA Triumph Club is coming this year. Uh Brad Boyle, who's a huge collector and, and one of our committee members and sponsors is he's got a collection of I think it's over 2000 motorcycles. So Every year, he brings uh, an assortment of motorcycles. I I know we get a lot of old military stuff. We get some of uh, Steve's old uh, motorcycles that he's owned. I have a friend, uh, Tom Day, who has a museum, and he's got one of Steve's, I think it's a 40s Harley Davidson that Steve used to own. He's brought that to the car show a couple times as well.
0: i remind our listeners, if you want to learn more about this incredible show, you can go to SteveMcQueenCarshow.com. You can learn all about it. I would encourage you, if you're going to be in the Los Angeles area around June 2nd, it's a fantastic event. You should go, have fun. Uh, it's just a wonderful, to relaxed atmosphere, and it's for an spectacular cause to help these young children uh, find their way in life and become productive citizens and respect themselves so that they can move forward through life in a really positive way. Fantastic event. Uh, congratulations for what you guys have created. It just is mind-boggling. Well, here's a very introspective question for you, Ron. If Ron was a vehicle—a car or a truck—what would he be, and why?
1: Oh, another great question. <laughs> I don't think I'd be a car at all, to be honest with you. I think I'd be like an old rugged pickup truck. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, you know, those old trucks get the job done, and I think that's what I do. I, I've been very, again, I've been very fortunate and uh, goal-oriented, and I make my plans and try to get things done. And and uh, one of the things you were asking about some of those key things that you go through life and you and you recall sometimes what made you successful or helped you be successful. And and for sure, my father obviously, uh, like many of us, was very instrumental in in uh, my life in a lot of different ways. But he was a bookie, if you know what a bookie is. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, course it was illegal so that's another story but the one thing he taught me was he says your word is your bond i i've lived that by that all my life so if i tell you i'm going to do something mark i do it
0: absolutely absolutely i can tell listeners uh, that's true with ron reached out to him to be a guest on the show here and here we go so uh, most definitely for ron up next is the last lap but before we put the pedal to the metal let's say thank you to today's Carja yeah sponsors Hey, this is Mark Green. You know I've been using covercraft covers to protect my cars and motorcycles since I was in high school. That was way back in 1975. This month I'm offering you, as a Car Show listener, a very special deal. Starting April 16th, 2018 through April 30th, 2018, you'll receive 10% off all NOAA Fabric custom car covers and 10% off all Wolf ReadyFit semi-custom covers. Simply use the code CARSHOP yeah, on checkout at covercraft.com. No is the most popular outdoor fabric, specially made by Kimberly Clark, to protect your special vehicle. It provides maximum protection from the harmful UV rays of the sun, rain, dust, those nasty bird droppings, snow, dings, and it's breathable, and it's very soft on your paint. Wolf ready-fit semi-custom covers are an economical option and provide indoor and outdoor protection for your special car. Simply go to covercraft.com and order the style and color you like best and boom, you're set. You'll thank me later and your car will thank me too. That's covercraft.com and be sure to use the code CARSYA at checkout. That's covercraft.com. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. Okay, Ron, we're back and we're entering the last lap. This is where I fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Oh, easy.
1: Check the oil, the water, and the air in the tires before you get on the road.
0: <laughs> yes. Kind of basic symbol, but be shocked how many people do not do that. I have friends who work in the car repair service and they say, gosh, cars come in here in the tires are under pressure by 15 pounds, the oil's levels low, lights don't work. I mean, it's just incredible. Basic stuff. Take care of your machinery. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years?
1: i I just go back to what I said a few minutes ago, uh, Mark. Your word is your bond. You've got to follow up on when you tell somebody you're going to do something, you have to do it. If for some reason you can't, Live up to it and explain to somebody or apologize if necessary, but it's very important.
0: Absolutely. Now, about a resource, there are tons of great resources out there these days. Is there one that you'd like to share with our listeners?
1: The car show has been become a very, uh, almost like a a labor of love for me the last uh, 11 years. And uh, I've made a lot of acquaintances out there and Supporters uh, who've come forward to help us with the car show we've got sponsors like Lowe's home improvement centers uh, after they came to the car show they donated one of the years and continue to donate but the first year they donated over $100,000 with the building materials so the school could help make some of the. Uh, Remodeling aspects of things that needed to be done. Armstrong Nurseries donates flowers every year for our event and, and makes, you know, helps us uh, decorate the the car show, and their support is very good. The bank that the the school does business with is a huge supporter as well. I can't say enough about Peter Dunkel. Uh, he's an unbelievable person. He's a huge contributor. Very very generous person. But not only that, his imagination to help put the car show together is is phenomenal. When we did The Great Escape, he built a, literally built a Stalag-type, what do you call it, setting, like a movie setting for, oh, yeah, for, yeah, yeah. for, a, for a jail and whatnot. And we, we had a professional writer do a jump like Steve did in the movie and that kind of stuff. All of these things are Peter's ideas. We had, That year we had a Sherman tank there as well. So wow. e- every year there's a different theme for the car show. So we try to build into th- that theme, into the decor and whatnot. This year with Bullet, Peter's made arrangements to bring us in like fishing nets and stuff you would find in San Francisco, street signs and and, and whatnot. So – Anyway, there's there's a lot going on all, all the time there. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, if I could arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that person be?
1: That's really easy. Steve McQueen. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun? His, yes. qu- his quote is, racing is life. Anything that happens before or after is just waiting. Yeah, yeah. That'd be pretty darn cool. Most most definitely.
0: How about a book? Is there a book you've read that you think our listeners should read and that they would enjoy?
1: Well, if you're a Steve McQueen fan like I've become, and actually I was a Steve McQueen fan before I started The Car Show. Growing up with him and with all his various movies, uh, uh, Wanted Dead or Alive was one of his first. He was in the blog and he was in t- you know, all these other movies that so we were just discussing. Great Escape, Thomas Crown Affair, so on. But if you want a book and you're a Steve McQueen fan, Matt Stone's McQueen's Machines is a good book. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. But if you like history, a couple of years ago, I read read David McCullough's book, John Adams. It's a great read about the second president of the United States. And actually, I... I thought it was a great love story of our second president. Obviously, back in those days, there was no such thing as uh, iPhones and computers and and means of communication. So he and his wife uh, wrote to each other extensively because before he was president of the United States, he was secretary of state and he was in France an awful lot. So all the communication was done in writing and they were prolific writers and and very interesting book. I, I think if you're a book reader and like history, you'd like that one as well. Very cool.
0: i remind our listeners, Matt Stone's been a guest here on Cars yeah, and the book mentioned is fantastic. And we'll make sure we put all these wonderful resources on Ron's show notes page on the Cars yeah, website. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type in Ron Harris, and all those links will pop up. All right, Ron, we're up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car in the world. Money's no object, but you've got to keep it, you've got to enjoy it, and most importantly, I want you to drive it. What's that car going to be?
1: Man, you must have a lot of money, Mark.
0: Oh yeah, I've, you know, after 1031 guests, I've given away 1031 cars. So, uh yeah, I I'm I'm working really hard to earn enough money to buy all these cool cars for my my fine inspiring automotive enthusiast guests.
1: Well, I'm really happy to hear that because I got one that probably most people wouldn't think about. Okay. As a kid, I used to collect uh those uh, cards, uh, like a lot of guys collected baseball cards, I collected car cards, and most of them were cars uh, from the initial uh, building of the automotive industry. But One of my favorite cars has always been the 1934 Packard Phaeton, and I'd take, if you can't find a, an eight, I'd take a 12-cylinder one, but uh, whatever, 12. <laughs> whatever you can get for me would be be acceptable. My biggest problem, though, I think would be finding room in a garage to put it.
0: Well, you know, I know you live out there in the desert by a place that has a cool place called The Vault. So maybe they'd let you park it in there. What do you think about that?
1: That would absolutely be the only place it would go. Yeah. For people who don't know... They should look up Bighorn Golf Club on the internet and uh, take a look at the vault. Uh, It's a a very prestigious place. Uh, Absolutely. I'm very fortunate to be here. I'd like to say one other thing. Uh, You mentioned Matt Stone's been on your uh, show. Matt also has been our MC a number of times at the car show. And he's going to be an MC during the Steve McQueen rally, which we're holding April 27th. 8th uh, and 9th this year. And w- we have a few more spots open for that. If anybody's interested in that, they can find information on the Steve McQueen Car Show or Steve McQueen Rally. Uh, we're going up to Santa Barbara and Paso Robles, a uh, two-day event. So it's that's uh, another way of raising money and contributing to the Boys Republic. Absolutely.
0: Awesome. Great. Well, Ron, you've taken us on a great ride today. I've loved talking to you. I know you and I met at Laguna Seca a year or so ago back. So I already feel like we're good buddies and uh, let our listeners know we had a great chat last week on the phone before we set up this interview. I think we talked for a couple of hours about our lives in Southern California and growing up with the surf and the cars and everything. Been really fun connecting with you. I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Carjow listeners. Would you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you? Head off in the desert
1: sunset in that 34 Packard Phaeton. Well, I, I got to go back to being an optimist. Life isn't necessarily uh, without its rough road and bumps and, and detours and whatnot. But you have to believe in yourself. You have to have confidence. You have to be, believe that you can get to where you want to go in life. Is it, All you have to do is put the effort out there and keep working at it be honest and with yourself and the rest of the world and, and you can do what you need to do. Nicely said. And what's the best way for listeners
0: to learn more about the Steve McQueen car show?
1: Well, that's easy too. It's, it's just Steve McQueen car com. There you go. I have to say that Chad and his family still continue to support the school today. His mother, Neil is, uh, comes to our dinner. Usually, uh, of course, Chad's, uh, Children come to the show, Chase and Maddie and his uh, older son, they there at the show As obviously as Chad. Huge support for this event. Mark, I want to thank you for giving me the time and helping us spread the word about this great event for such a great cause. It's uh, You're very kind to do this, and, and uh, we look forward to your support and looking forward to seeing you again in the near future. There you go. Well, thank you. It's
0: a real honor. Uh, happy to help something like this. I mean, can't do em- enough to help children that need help and need assistance that don't have the privileges that perhaps I had or you had or growing up with great parents or situations, whatever it might be. So I'm very happy to support the Friends of Steve McQueen Car Show. And listeners, again, you can find links to everything we've talked about today on the Car yeah! website. Just type Ron Harris into the search bar and that will be there. And I hope you can attend the Friends of Steve McQueen Car Show. Again, takes place June 2nd at the Boys Republic Campus in Chino Hills, California. Just around Los Angeles. John, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with the listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. You're welcome. You take care of your cars.